It's the 132nd episode of the Mina's House podcast, 132, yes, yes. I mean to say what? I'm Shana B. Garnett Briscoe, a.k.a. Sherlock Homeboy. <laughs> Dexter Stuckey. Guys, I've missed you. It's you been doing? a while. I know, it's just been like one thing after another. I felt like the corona has tripped us up uh, first, first, and now it's like racism. Mm-hmm. Which has always tripped us up, <laughs> but it's like an extra. It's and like an extra, away. right? But it's like an extra trip now, you know. <laughs> Put a little bandaid on there, right? Back every once in a while, the racism came out of nowhere and like just hit us hard, and now we like trying to not get the corona and trying to identify <laughs> who's racist and who's not. Mm-hmm. This is craziness. How are you guys been, like mentally, with all this? Um, I've been hired. I've been trying not to watch too much of the stuff that you see on your phone on the news, not get too consumed by that. But um other than that, I've been uh I've been okay. Um recently I just signed my papers to get my record expunged. Nice. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Uh I, I just started a petition, didn't go through yet. So right now it's just a waiting game. But other than that, yeah, just been trying not to be consumed by the stuff that, you know, we're seeing every day within the last, you know, week or so. Why do people shut off to this? Like, I don't, you Um, know, I don't have that brain, so I I need to understand why some people would shut off. I can speak to that, um, because that can really affect me and not in a good way. I don't think that's the Garnet that you would like to see, Hmm. um, or anybody for that matter you know as far as me getting anger or anything like that it's just i know my limitations on how i need to do it in order to keep myself sane and moving forward so it's not like a thing where i want to be disrespectful or anything like that it's just to keep my sanity at a minimum so you know i won't walk around being super angry or you know taking it out on people that might not even necessarily deserve that yeah i i I've been not okay. Like I think since the since hearing everything, or whatever, I've been like really bothered by it. I I don't turn the news off. Like I've only watched CNN and Fox News. Like that's all I watch. It's, it's I mean it's on like right now. Like that's that's just what my TV stays on. And um, I've been just it's just been hard because it's one thing after the next. It's like at first it happened and um it's the usual like praying for the family and all that kind of stuff like that figuring out what happened then it turned into like this situation turned a little bit bigger because then the protests start to happen and then people start to issue statements so then i'm looking to see what people who i know like i'm looking like what did you say what did you say then there's there's tv shows that i watch so i'm looking at all the people on the tv shows i watch wrestling i'm looking at all the wrestlers i'm looking every brand i shop with I got obsessed with it after a while. And just, I just need to know what everybody said, my coworkers, everybody. What did they say? What didn't they say? And keeping these mental notes. And then the looting really got crazy in Philadelphia on Sunday. And on Sunday, I was, I was fine with all this stuff. And then uh, me and my fiance, we were out, we were getting dinner. And I saw like this video that a person posted. It was like a live video. And it was people looting in South Philadelphia. And like, honestly, like just sitting, seeing that, like, I I got like really emotional about it because there there are black people who are doing this stuff and it's just like while I understand like these people gave you the opportunity to do this the way I saw it like people were running out of stores with their kids and running over each other it just it just got to me like it just that was a lot and then to see the officers finally get charged and everything like 
that's good. But I did have to take a social media break. I still paid attention to what was happening news wise. Yeah. But me looking up what wrestlers are saying and what like people that was just like too much. So I was like, you got it. You got it. No, it's because Like you said, it's important because you that's- are you're in the wrestling, so that's important to you. So it's important to see what you know deeper than what we watch and that entertainment value what they're really saying. So I'm, mm-hmm. it's funny, but it, it is serious as well. Dexter, you got to start your change.org petitions, <laughs> all the wrestlers who did not post something yeah. and, and, and protest them because, you know, th- this is where we are right now. I mean, it's even trickling down to companies. Like I love Pizza Hut. They donated to Donald Trump. After I saw Donald Trump, basically uh tear gas these innocent protesters Not basically he did. wait right wait right and then shoot rubber bullets at them i got so emotional i started crying because i'm like what country are we in where the president of the united states is not allowing people to have their first amendment freedom of of gathering and and addressing their government and protesting you know, and I started crying and I'm like, for what? For him to have a photo shoot? I was so angry. And it's like, now I'm like, I love Pizza Hut. Hell, I never ate no damn Taco Bell. I used to eat at Wendy's. I worked at Wendy's for three days. I'm never going to eat none of them again because th- their CEO donated to him. Okay, so Wendy's CEO did not donate and they have cleared that air today. They've cleared that air. So what they under they they put it out there because they wanted no, people to know. He, he did. He, no, so he made a statement, it's not him. One of their franchises donated to them. So they they Wendy's wanted to be like very, very clear and they posted on everything. Actually, what I didn't appreciate though, if y'all look at the tweets, was the way the one tweet was worded. Because again, one. I know Wendy's is very like funny on social media and they try to be that way for the culture. But this ain't a time where I need you to be trying to meet me on my level. Just try to, yeah. you know, yeah. be who you are and maintain that integrity. So I appreciate it that they came out and said, listen, it wasn't the corporation. It was an individual franchise. It's funny though, because they won't tell you the franchise. And I'm like, let us know. Let us know what franchise it is. Because if that's in your city, and you don't want to, you know, go to that franchise anymore, let us know. But I was, where I had pause and problem with Wendy's was, again, the way that they put the statement out was trying to talk like, and I'm not going to say any particular race, or, but it was trying to talk like like a young person would you pandering, speak. For sure. And, and, I, and I had, that was my bigger problem was, okay, cool, you cleared the air, but why you had to say it like that? Mm-hmm. Wait, what happened? Because I missed this. They basically, so say how me and you are talking is how the tweet was. Let me pull it This is your official statement that you were not the one. And it's like, don't come for us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not the time for that. That's funny when we're comparing burgers and, you know, those little riffs are going on. This wasn't the time for that. I don't see it. Um, So they they did, they did their tweets. it, It started with, our voice would be nothing without the black culture right now. A lot of people are hurting because of blatant racism against black people. Their voices need to be heard, period. And then they did Black Lives Matter. And then they just kept going. We're putting our money where our mouth is. And they were talking about where they were donating to. And then they just kept going and kept going and kept going. And then the, the final one, they go, we never have and never will contribute to a presidential campaign. For the record, our CEO has always kept that same energy, too. Facts. 
which that's is like how we. That's what it was. I couldn't remember who it was, but I remember reading like, okay, like, I didn't need that part. I didn't yeah. need that part. They so, got a spicy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe that because I specifically read that their CEO donated and he's also the CEO of these other companies. So, he's not, so KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut are yum brands. So they do have one CEO and they've not cleared the air. So it's very clear that their CEO did donate to the campaign. Wendy's is separate from them. And I only know that because my mom worked for yum brands for years. So I have been canceled all of them anyway. <laughs> you know what? At one point, I thought Panera was in that little cluster as well. So I'm like, well, Panera won't get my money. Taco Bell won't never got my money. <laughs> but that Panera tweeted me, and they were like, "You have been misinformed. Yeah. We have never donated to a presidential campaign." Hold on, I was gonna what? say there was some misinformation, like Panera, and I think it was Popeyes was looped in and then they basically were like, yo, 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 yo. yo I read Popeye's too. Is that not accurate? It Popeyes was actually Chick-fil-A. It was Chick-fil-A. It wasn't Popeye. It's Chick-fil-A. I do know that. But to yeah. be honest with you, I was telling a friend about this and I'm like, I think, yeah, you see this and these are places that you support. And it is annoying to know that, you know, I supported a brand that gave to someone who I might may not support. Right. However, you really jump down that rabbit hole, which I don't think any of us really truly want to do. It's not just fast food restaurants. It's where we work. It's yeah. where we sleep. It's where we play. It's where we go for our entertainment. So it's kind of like, yeah, like, don't like it. Say it's not cool or whatever. But, like, to, it's impossible to boycott every place that has supported President Trump. It's just yeah. it's, it's impossible. So this is Panera. <laughs> Pan- Hi, Nina. <laughs> 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 but see that was worded very well and then someone said i heard they donated too i don't know i'm about to not eat none so, of y'all somebody to lying to dex's point unfortunately even yes we have these companies that are a company but then you have these individual franchises so it is really at the end of the day going to be impossible because one franchise owner of chick-fil-a could do one thing where chick-fil-a corporate is doing another thing so it, it is very hard but again when you have companies that are very blatant in their stance, it's a little different. Yeah. Like you see a company like Ben and Jerry's that didn't sugarcoat it. They didn't make it short. They didn't make it sweet. They were like, we need to end white supremacy, period. Right. And then you have other companies who are, because they're worried about their franchise owners and these different things that are kind of like tiptoeing around it. You know what? I feel like I, I'm starting to question who is saying it just to say it. And who's really serious about it? Girl. That's that's what happens when everybody's clamoring for right. other opinions on stuff where it's like they could they could be telling us anything just to, you know, okay. Other stuff. Yep. That, yep. That, that's it. So it's like mm-hmm. the, the, the way I look at it is the people that are speaking up, they have to be about action as well. And I don't know how they plan on, you know, contributing to our community, but those are the things that I'm looking forward to seeing, not just a post online or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Ben and Jerry's, they dropped the fire video, and I believe it. <laughs> oh, why didn't you see the video? <laughs> All right, listen, it's fire. <laughs> 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 see, I got to go 
We need they, some action, boss. That's all. That's all we need some action. They and paid I, for a video editor. <laughs> it was good, too. They got me. <laughs> they donated money, too. Wendy's is even donating money as yep, well. And it, I and saw it's that. Funny, it's funny that you say that, um, Garnett, because, again, with WWE, like, they threw out a statement. And that statement was, like, it was a good statement about how they support their black performers, so forth yeah. and so on. But, like, the CEO's wife works in President Trump's administration. Exactly. Mm. So, I was going to say, they are big Trump supporters. We already like, know. How That's does that work? Exactly. Yeah, like, it just, it's always these conflicts of interest that come up, come about. And then there's so many of these places that are putting this stuff out there. And you know there are no black people working there. Like, <laughs> like when you look at the top, there's no black people there. So, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. You know what, though? I really like your point, Garnett, about action, because I really wanted to make sure that I brought that up at some point, because now is a time for action. And people that are pessimistic are really getting under my skin, because you don't change the world by thinking it's not going to change. Right. You have to actually believe that your actions can make an impact. Whatever those actions are, I also don't believe in shaming people for doing or not doing certain things. However, people want to uh, be activists and in their own lives is up to them. Or if you don't want to be an activist, you don't have to do that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? If you just want to have these simple, very difficult conversations about race, that's enough. Just have the conversation. But like, I really want to see action and I want people who don't believe that this can be different to just not say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I was in a dark place when this all happened. Um, because I just, I, we've been down this road and obviously I'm not black, so I can't pretend and sit here and say that I've gone through all the things that people are talking about. I have gone through some being a Latin woman and mm -hmm. I have experienced discrimination in many ways. And, you know, discrimination doesn't come just from color. It comes from class. It comes from money. You know, I've, I've felt discrimination because I came from a poor neighborhood and things like that. So I felt it in my own way, but I've always wanted to do something to make it better. I always felt like if I did one thing and everybody did one thing, we could change the world. We could, you know, I campaigned for Barack Obama. I believed that we could have a black president. I believe that. That's why I would go to Reading PA and campaign for him because I believe that I've marched for Trayvon Martin. You know, I did, a, I, I participated in the protest on Saturday for George Floyd. I am that person. You know, so I was in a really dark place, but then when they convicted, I mean, they charged all the officers, I got that hope back, you know, and when, when like you Dex, when I started to see the looting and kind of some of the scarier parts of people being angry, mm -hmm. I started to get sad. I, you know, just watching police treat people that are peacefully protesting unjustly because they're they're in this oh they're rioting they're stealing everybody's not in that place yeah. some people just want to protest peacefully but because they're coming in it with that energy they're treating these people unjustly and that i was crying like every other day it was crazy that's why i couldn't even do the podcast mm -hmm. because i'm yeah. like are we li really living in this world but then i started to see more of the peaceful protests and that started to give me encouragement you know, and then when they charge all the officers, 
I started to feel better. So it's been like crazy, but up and down. It's it's this long thing. I say just to say, do one thing, just one thing, whether it be vote or protest, sign a petition, donate to an organization. Uh, I read this volunteer. I read this uh, article that said that the New York Senator was saying that he has never had so many people reach out to him in one day. Like these are the things that matter. And I feel like if we put our, keep putting our foot on the gas, we're going to, there's going to be a change. I I believe that. Yeah. Do you guys believe that? I I, I do believe it. But I, it's what you were saying though. There is a lot of pessimism and like, I have a little bit of it, which I hate to say out loud, but like, like you said, we've been down this road before and we've seen the officers get charged and then we don't see a conviction. I do think this situation could be different just because people are not playing this time around. Like they are literally destroying neighborhoods that they live in. Not that I'm saying that's okay, but like if you have to be really fed up to burn your own house down, you have to be like, and people are saying like, well, this is your, where your grandma goes to shop so far for so on. But imagine how fed up you have to be to burn the shop that's in your neighborhood, to loot the shop that's in your neighborhood. I know people are saying it's anger, and it is anger. And I know people are saying, like, they're just trying to take, take advantage, take it, whatever. But that, that is completely people being fed up. Like, the roof is, like, blown off. Also, I don't really understand what's uncomfortable about having a conversation about race. I keep hearing this <laughs> narrative. There's two narratives that I'm hearing that I just, they don't sit well with me. One, when people say it's uncomfortable to have a conversation about race, I don't really understand what's uncomfortable about it. And two, when people who are not Black say, I I don't understand, I stand with you, but I don't understand. I'm telling you, like, yeah, you don't feel it. You might not feel what what I'm feeling or what I'm going through, but I'm telling you, like, exactly what I'm feeling. So, like, if you don't understand, you don't want to understand. Right. Well, I think think it's this. I think it's like, Okay, if I tell you if you touch the fire, it's going to burn, right? Yes. You, you're going to internally, you're going to say, okay, it's going to burn, but you don't know how bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't right. know how it's going to feel. Right. But, so I, but you I don't, understand what you're saying. Right. empathize. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there's an empathy, but the thing, I think what some people just are trying to say is, I don't know how much it burns because I haven't felt the fire. I mean, that's a cop out. Like, I just, yeah. it's just some stuff. Like, I wasn't there when do- when they were sicking dogs on Dr. King and hosing them down with fire hydrants, but I know how that feels. Like, you you don't have to experience something to truly, like, feel it. I just, I just hate hearing that. And then you start to have these conversations and people get to crying. Like, you're not allowed to cry. I think it's so disrespectful <laughs> to have a conversation with a Black person about race and cry. Like, I just think <laughs> that is just... Super disrespectful. Wait, who who cried? (laughs) Start start the conversation with somebody who's not black. I guarantee you they'll start to cry about it. I don't have an attitude if they start crying. I'm sorry. It's it's so insulting to me. Well, I think, you know, I think that, I think because I've experienced discrimination, I can identify, right? But I don't think any of us know what it's like to have that absolute privilege you know Mm -hmm. so when you have that privilege there's some things that you just cannot understand it doesn't matter how many times i and this is just my opinion it doesn't matter time it doesn't matter how many times i tell you i try to uh i try to make you understand i try to show you examples like some people need to learn through through action you know and it's like there's some people that i know that i've tried to have conversations with them and it's like 
it's like talking to a brick wall. I want to know. You know? And it's but, like, bro, I'm talking to the wall. Are you listening to me? But and this is why I don't, I don't do the conversation. I can't do it. I was I don't just have, about to say, I, I, I don't I do have it. stopped myself. Like, I'm not going to take my energy with somebody who truly, truly is not willing to have a true conversation. I can't, I can't, I got to preserve myself. I'm not mm-hmm. going to take myself there if you're not even open to the conversation. It's not worth, it is not worth my energy and my space. I don't need to do it anymore. Yes. I used to do it because, you know, you get so passionate about it. You're trying to like, no, I need to explain. I need to explain. But if that right. person is not there, they're never going to be there. And they're just not. And there's nothing you can do. Right. Well, it comes down to how you were raised, what your background is. You know, all of that influences how we see the world. You know, so if you are in a situation where you're, you have absolute privilege, where it's like, you've never seen anybody treated differently. You've never seen an injustice. You know, I remember when I was growing up because my mother didn't speak English that well, she was treated a certain way. I remember feeling that as a kid, like, why are you treating her like this? Okay. Her English is not that good. You don't got to be an asshole about it. Right. You know? So it's like, there's, we, I, you know, we all experience different things in our lives and according to what you've experienced. And that obviously goes into what kind of neighborhood you're in, who you're talking to, what your educational background is, what, you know, how much money you have, all of that. It goes into our experiences. People are going to interpret things differently you know and it it might be one of the reasons why they can't understand because they've never seen it but being i can speak for garnett here neither one of us have ever had a menstrual cycle not once we've (laughs) never had a menstrual cycle and you can tell me you and shannon can tell me how you guys feel when you have these these situations you can explain it to us and we'll get it. We'll understand exactly where you guys are coming but from. But you've never felt it, Dexter. I never, and I never have to feel it to understand. He's saying he just wants the understanding. Like, you don't right. have to know exactly how it internally feels, but he wants, he doesn't understand how you just can't understand understand it. I'm crazy saying I don't, I, I don't get where you're coming from. I don't get it. Why y'all be no, mad? What you mad about? I don't No, get it. I understand. Crazy. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, there has to be an understanding. But there's a line between understanding and then identifying. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. So some people cannot identify when they have not been through these experiences. You know, so that's why sometimes you know, you're, you're, we're starting to see who can identify. Drew Brees can identify. No, not who can't. Again, who is willing to? Drew Brees, after all of this, he still said what he said. He's still, <laughs> he's still worried about that flag. Nobody is talking about the flag. They're talking about Colin Kaepernick kneeling in protest to police brutality. That is the main subject. So that's what I'm saying, Dex. But he did it. But he did it. So I guess he understood when he understood when he physically did it. Like he got on his knee and kneeled in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick. So like, why did you do it if you don't understand? If you don't get it, you don't. Right. You did no. it. He did it. Right. So that's what I. That's what I'm talking about. I think some people just cannot identify, and I think that's mm-mm, mm-mm. the difference. Listen, that's his president. He tried, that was it. Look, you know, they didn't pull up all the pictures. Right, right. <laughs> coming for him all day. And that's my other thing is I actually rather you not say anything than to yes. say something. And then now you want to give us this pacify, oh, I missed the mark. Because that's a cop out. I missed the mark. You know, you said what you said. You know what you were saying. You know why you were saying it. Right. So I'd rather you be silent. Like your silence would just be easier than to deal with 
you missed the mark. That's a cop out. Right. I think also, I mean, with as much pressure as we are putting on people, I'm not going to say us, you know, the people that are on this, on this podcast, but just society, putting on people to choose a side, man, it's, it's probably really easy to make a misstep or misword something because the people that are jumping off of the porch to say that and maybe they're unwilling to choose a side, society is forcing them to choose a side. So one way or another, you're going to offend somebody. And yeah. I, Drew is kind of like Drew, Drew Brees may be an example of it because, you know, on in, in, in one picture, you know, he's with Colin Kaepernick. And then just in a tweet <laughs> or in an interview, it's like, you know, he jumped out and he did this. And who knows what might like what might have caused that to pressure him to choose that side that day. Maybe he got backlash from the first time when he kneeled with Colin Kaepernick. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but then I'd just rather you not say anything. You chose to do that interview. You, you knew you knew what was going to be asked of you. And I do agree. If you're uncomfortable with it, even though we're saying, yes, some people's silence is deafening, I do think that some people are silent because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And I even get that. I get that. So I would prefer when you already know, if you get called for an interview right now, you know what you're going to be asked, especially yeah. as an athlete. So you have to be very clear and stand firm to whatever it is that you said. You can't backtrack at that point. You got to be like, no, I said this and this is what I believe. Exactly. I'm not trying to offend anyone, but this is where I stand. Because I, I I knew they were going to ask me that going into the interview. And and now his locker room is all in turmoil. <laughs> mm, Malcolm God. Jenkins got yeah, in that ass. Ain't nobody going to be protecting him. But... but <laughs> That's what I said, but to them, it's like, wow, like, you know, they, they probably dine with this guy, super cool. He, you know, Jupiter seems like a cool cat. It seems like he was for the flag. And then, boom, when it's time to, uh, time to choose a side, you find out the person that you've been, you know, rooting for and riding with, and, you know, that's your ace in the hole. And it's like, damn. Yeah. Like, you and just to touch on his statement, what I don't want people to do is make this about the flag or the anthem because it's, it's you know and that's kind of where obviously people got upset like because you can fall back and easy and say oh my grandfather's a vet my niece is serving right now my nephew's serving right now like you know what i mean like you can't fall back on that and make that your answer to where we are like you that's are not, not an answer that. exactly you you are not alone in that i'm sorry like, come on now like oh okay now it's supposed to be different because your grandfather served Oh, <laughs> <laughs> as if uh, people of color didn't serve with your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Somebody exactly. said to me today, which was a person I didn't want to waste energy on. You just have to understand that I've worked hard all my life and I did this and I'm an essential worker. And I said, your privilege and your bias, you claim you're not racist. Let's just talk about your privilege and your bias. You started off by differentiating yourself from a race because you said you're a hard worker and you were an essential worker in a crisis. I said, I'm sorry. I'm sure when you go to the hospital, there's probably a black doctor there, a black nurse, a Latino doctor, a Latino, like your privilege and your bias in this statement to say that you are the only race. I was like, this country was born on the backs of slaves and their hard work. So I, I like, so that's my other issue right now with people that's like, oh, I'm not racist, but, but blah, 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 blah. And never be a but after I'm not racist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so right <laughs> um so are you guys cutting people off in your life right now like is this an evaluation period absolutely not 
I, I have podcasts. I I'm not cutting nobody off. I have podcasts. I have things that I put out there that I want people to listen to and support. I would be a fool to cut off anybody who could be a, pot a potential supporter. Now, I don't have to fool with you. We're not going to go out to dinner or nothing like that and I see who you are. But I'm never, I'm never wanting those people to delete somebody or be like, if you don't like what I have to say, delete me now. Don't delete me. Because I want y'all to, I need my likes and my pictures. I need my shares and my stuff. Don't delete my me. Engagement. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I, I I would say, fortunately, just on a personal tip, there's nobody that I know of that I've had to even really had that deep. There were probably, I want to say, there were probably people when this president was elected that I might have had to go through some evaluations. And again, it's not because of, of this president and who he is. It was more about stuff they started saying that, again, made me see, like, wait a minute. <laughs> This is a little tad to the racist side and doesn't have anything to do with just the president as a man. So there were some people that like, and again, this is so funny because it's Facebook, but I had to evaluate on Facebook like, nah, like I'm gonna keep it real. There was this one guy that wanted to take me out on a date. I knew him from elementary school and he was a white guy and that's not really my thing, but again, I don't discriminate. So I was just like, I don't know, let me look into it. And I go to his page and I'm like looking. And again, it's not just because you voted for Trump. Again, it, it's more the, the rhetoric that you're reposting that he has said. And those things that were like, like I started feeling like, am I about to be set up? Is this going to be a law and order episode? And, you <laughs> and then he inboxed me and said, I can tell you're probably hesitant. And it's probably because of my page. I said, well, that's the thing is that's just not your page. That is who you are. Absolutely. So that would be very, I, I don't understand how we could even have, again, relationships agree to disagree and opposites are going to attract. But there are some common ground things that, you know, we would need to have in common. And, and, and the things that you said and the bigotry that you were willing to post as a business owner, that definitely gives me a lot of pause. So, you know, I, I went through that before, but I luckily have not had to go through that like on a personal tip in this and where we are right now. Yeah, I haven't had to cut anybody off, but I have had some conversations about race, you know, um, in the past couple of days where it's like, you know, this is a this is a, a human thing. You know, mm -hmm. this isn't a oh, this only affects black people. Like you have to understand this is a trickle down effect. And it's like, if one person can be treated this way, others can be treated this way. You know, I have family members, they're dark skinned, you they're Spanish, but you might think they're black if they're walking down the street. This could affect people in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, this affects us all. So it's like, it's that conversation of this isn't a black thing. This is something we all need to be concerned about. We all need to be angry. I like, Bigger than that, we have a president who's supposed to be the leader of the free world who is not allowing people to freely protest. You know, like, do you know how, how, how that is so dangerous? Like, our, our country was built on these principles, you know, that this guy is violating. Like, as a journalist, as a, you know, a, as a person who has that in my blood, like, we can't allow this man and, and the people that think like him to infringe upon what our rights are as people, you know, people have the right to protest period. You may not like how people are protesting. I don't like that. People are looting. I don't think people should be looting, you know, there, but 
this is how people are are dealing with their frustrations. Like you, you know, you have to, you have to pay attention to that and you have to pay attention to people trying to stop that freedom of speech. And, and when it's all said and done to piggyback off what you just said, Nina, about the leading and, you know, just have people have an understanding for that. I'm pretty sure, you know, there were people a part of Dr. Martin Luther King's camp and marches that they weren't all doing the right thing. We just didn't have Instagram. Right. But, 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 so, you know, when you look at these kids that maybe still in sneakers or doing this or doing that, when the story is all said and done in five, 10 years from now and the story is written, when you're reading it, they are going to be looked at as revolutionaries. Because they stole the apple, they robbed the apple store. I'm just saying. No, I understand what you're saying. Whether we like it or not, you are right. Yep. Because there have been peaceful protests forever. Like, remember when when Donald Trump first got elected, there was this big women's march. It was covered all the media outlets. (laughs) What did that do? He was still in office. He was still. He he laughed. He laughed. He tweeted about it. We've seen protests for forever and then this is one of the first time i've seen like people just go nuts and like not just in the city or the state that it happened in but i mean across america mm-hmm. i think for me it was like i wanted these cops to be arrested i wanted them to be charged and i do still want those charges to stick but it's just like going out there and protesting and tweeting and all this stuff like that that doesn't really get the attention when they start to run in these stores tearing up beverly hills lighting places on fire these monuments and stuff like that Things are changing. Like, look in Philadelphia. That, that I was going to say. Statue. I was just about to say that. that and people have been asking for that to be down for years. For mm-hmm. years, people have signed petitions. People have right. asked. And it took for the, the protests, riot, and looting for that statue to finally come down. People have been asking for years since it got up. Like, I've seen them all. People send me the petitions. Sign this, sign this. It took all of that action, all of that to cause the action. I just feel bad, like, particularly in Philly, you know, the one uh, ShopRite owner, like, three of his ShopRites are, like, there's nothing there, you know? So, like, as a business owner, I feel bad for those people because how do you even rebuild? You know, guess what? They're opening this weekend. They're reopening. All all of them? Where are they Mm going to get the supplies from? (laughs) They posted it today, and they said they've had all the help because they want to give back to the community. They're opening. One is opening tomorrow. And the other two on Sunday. Yeah, but it's like those owners that I feel bad for with the looting, you know. It's like, and then think about insurance right now. You think the insurance companies are going to be, you know, giving people money for their claims? Like, they don't have a choice. But but when you have a thousand companies coming after you, like... Mina, who wants to open up a business that then is going to apply for insurance in like a month? Yo, your insurance is about to be expensive. Yeah, that'll be crazy. But but we it's just like car insurance. If all, if everybody in the United States had a car accident at the same time, we all put a claim in. We shouldn't have any issue because we've been plan we've been paying our insurance month by month. So like, y'all had the money. We've paid for this already. Run it back. Like I, I don't <laughs> I mean my money. For, yeah, I do feel bad for people who will, like Shannon said, try to apply in the future because. <laughs> I mean, it was already hard for people. Now it's impossible. So, yeah, I mean, and I had a, a story. Um, we were on a Bible study, and my pastor was talking about a story of an owner who talked about his assurance, and that's what he said. He said, "I'm not hurting right now. I'm drinking champagne." He said, "If anything, they've helped me. 
I wouldn't have made the money that I'm about to make off of my insurance <laughs> due to the coronavirus crisis and everything going on. So unfortunately, that's like the other side that, you know, again, and I get people are angry and they're frustrated and they've done it, but that's the other side is like not technically hurting these folks. It does hurt our communities more than it hurts those business owners. And it might hurt the small business owners who don't have, you know, two million in insurance and all of those things because they're not a big box business. It's going to hurt them more than anything. No, uh, yeah, and those those are the people I, you know, I do have sympathy for. Right. Uh, you know, for the small businesses, whether they be, you know, black, white, Asian, or whatever, because you know they they you know they aren't multi-million or billion-dollar corporations. But you know, I, I mean, at the you know at the same time with with what's going on, man, I I'm happy to see that people are giving back and helping up helping some of the people that they did at least hurt in the process of proving their point. So, you know, shout out to the people that's helping the people, uh, you know, clean up and open up stores again. Yeah, Mina was out there. I saw you, Mina. I saw you. That's, that's yeah, I was. So at the protest on Saturday, it started off like really good. And, you know, I felt all good inside. I'm like, look, y'all, we <laughs> we advocating for change. Like, we going to do this. This is going to be different. So I'm at like the art museum feeling all fuzzy and like, oh my God. And you know, I've been to a lot of protests. I think this pro, not a lot. I've only been to three, but that's a lot compared to, lot. to some other. A lot, right. Um, and like, I felt like this was different because the demographic of people that were there were, was different. Mm. You know, it was like all kinds of people, white, black, you know, obviously me, my Spanish ass, you know, it was like, if, I, it looked different, so it made me feel like, wow, there's other people that really care about this issue outside of black people, which means when mm -hmm. pe people that are not black start caring, <laughs> you know that you're you're getting more people on your side. The more people that you have on your side, the more change that you, you can affect. Yeah. So it's like, I felt really good, but then when I got to the Fridays on the parkway and I seen somebody spray paint the Fridays, I was like, uh-oh. I've never been to a protest where that, like, I saw that, right? They got turned up. <laughs> right. So this was like the beginning of the turntness, right? So we still walking and I'm doing my little video. Look, y'all, it's peaceful. <laughs> Mind you, this is coming off of the two days that they had in Minneapolis. So I went on Saturday. This is like the third day, you know, that mm -hmm. they, they, so it's, you know, so I'm like, oh, we about to have a peaceful one child when we got to that vine in uh broad and we stopped it was like a mass chaos i've never seen anything like that i was legitimately scared like scared because i was stuck in the middle and like I, people were spray painting and they had climbed up on the cars and uh somehow i ended up right next to the police you know the the police line and then the car somebody blew up a car and now it's burning the police car and i'm there like why am i here like front and center i ended up right there right next to the police car so it's like it, it was scary yeah I, it, fire, I said i said i saw the car on fire on tv it was around two o'clock i said there's a car on fire lock your stories up tonight it's going to be bad it, <laughs> it was, was bad. 
And I'm over here thinking it's a peaceful protest. And then all of a sudden it went left and it happened in minutes. I've never seen nothing like that. I was going to say, I was watching your stories back. I was like, like, literally, we're on Instagram. She's like, it's peaceful. We here, we here. And she's like, uh-oh. I hear you say, (laughs) uh-oh. That story, you were like, Oh, I'm about to leave. It's a crowd. <laughs> Yo, but it, but it, but I got stuck in the crowd, right? So now, and then right next to me, some white guy thought it was a good idea to jump over the police van. Why would you try to jump over the police wait, wait, van? Wait, 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 how did he jump over the police van? <laughs> he tried it to jump over the van, and I'm like, why would you do that? Then they started hitting him in front of me. I was like, yo, I've never seen that happen to me in that chronological order ever in life i was scared and then i couldn't leave because they box you in so what they do is the police kind of box you in so you can't get out right but it's like i'm scared i'm trying to get out y'all box me in where am i supposed to go so now i'm stuck in the middle and it's all crazy they throwing stuff at the police and i was trying to leave i could not leave and i i had to walk all the way back and around and then when, when I was going home, checking my Twitter, I noticed that down the block, I had just passed City Hall. It was peaceful. Down the block, they was acting up. They was defacing Frank Rizzo. They was blowing up police cars over there. It was... Look what they got, and look what they got, look what they got them. Right. right. It's gone, finally. So, you know, I, I was there to witness it. So it was scary because, you, you know, you, you think that... God forbid someone pushes me by mistake and I get pushed into the police right. officer. Now I'm being hit by, with a bat. I didn't even do nothing to you. <laughs> I was here trying to peacefully protest. I just happened to be like pushed into you. Now you're going to hit me with a bat because you defensive. Now I was going to ask you this, Mina. I'm sorry. And I didn't want to say this because again, I'm not saying that all cops are bad. I know many police officers. I don't know many bad ones, but I know many police officers. Um, seeing that you were there, and I know two of my girlfriends were there, they stated that, like, in some of the instances, and again, maybe it was because they were boxing you in, where they kind of felt like the agitation was coming from the police side a little bit, causing people to kind of get more in an uproar. And I just wanted to see, because I wasn't out there, so I just wanted to see how you felt or saw about it. So I did think that them coming in the way that they came in does add to... like the tension in the mm-hmm. air, you know? Um, but they, they, I think their mentality is we're going into war. Like that's how they you came. Like that. That's right. right. That's how they came in. So even when, and it literally unfolds in my video. If y'all watch my video on Instagram, I, <laughs> I literally just happened to be filming. And then all of a sudden all this stuff happened. So, and I just happened to be next to the police line and I'm literally like looking around and I'm like, oh, I'm stuck here. Like I'm surrounded by people. I'm stuck. And then they came in single file. Like they were marching in the JROTC, you know, and they're like, dun, 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 dun. And there's like 35 of them. And then they come in and form this line and block you off. And then the crowd got, you know, a significantly smaller and now you, you're putting all these, first of all, I'm not trying to get Corona. So it's like, I'm not trying to be around all these people. So why are you boxing me in where I can't even move now? So now I'm agitated because I'm like, okay, you boxing me in. And it adds to the tension. It does. They come in really hostile, you know? And you, if you want to think about the other side, I get it. There's a crowd of people. You've seen what's happening in the news. You know, you, you think that this is going to be similar. 
So you come in with this already defensiveness. But as someone who was there peacefully, it was scary to have them come in. And I felt like they did add like tension to the protest. You know, I think they need to devise a better way of trying to disperse the protests instead of trying to box people in. They did this on one of the major highways in Philly, Vine, the Vine Street Expressway on 676. You know, the people were on the, the highway and I get it. It's rush hour. You're stopping traffic. I'm sorry. The protest is inconvenient, but hello, that's what a protest is. So it's like, instead of them blocking these people off, why not try to kind of like steer them into another direction? What they did was they blocked them off. So now you can't go nowhere because the police lines are on both sides. And then you gas these people? That's a crime. No, this is, we, we are seeing firsthand how they're trained. This is what they're mm. trained. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you said the word war. I thought that was interesting because every time one of the guys, you know, get into the car with their partners and stuff like that, they go to war that day. They go to war every day. At least that's what they tell themselves. Hey, you got my back. I got your back no matter what happens. And they apply that kind of pressure outside right. on a day-to-day -day where it's two cars on one person. Sometimes, you know, you, you drive by some people getting pulled over. It's four cars on one person. And, you know, we're just riding past. You don't know what the guy could have did. He could have did absolutely nothing. But look at the pressure and the agitation that they're doing to try to cause the situation. So to, even to go back, I, I hate to still touch on this, but like, like I said, I won't say the, the, the so-called looting or the burning is good, but I understand it. And sometimes you need to meet brute force with brute force in order to get some understanding. So it's like, I feel like that's what's going on right now, just with the frustration and everything and the looting. This is to give people the realization, even peaceful protests in a way they, this is how people of color or the people that's being oppressed, this is how we feel in these situations. Just a regular pullover daily, you know, routine stop you coming in real like that yes so now feels, i'm coming to you aggressive feels like that moment it feels like that burning car it feels like that burning building it feels like throwing bottles all in that moment that's how a lot of us feel on a day-to-day -day basis yeah well i think they're trying to contain it but my whole thing is in containing it you're not letting people get out of it so now, now, now we're all in this small little area and now I feel I'm getting claustrophobic. Like my friend was calling me like, Hey, and I'm like, look, I'm really scared. They just blew up this police car right next to me. And I'm like, I can't even leave, you yeah. know, like I can't even get out of here. And I want to. With that being said, where are people getting these explosives? Because <laughs> like in every protest, I see police cars like literally on fire. Like, you and know where they're getting it from. <laughs> where? And then they blow them ATM machines. How are y'all doing this? Like, where? So they had where? a special on the ATM machines today. So, and they have actually traced some of the dynamite back to one, one guy. Guy, yes, because you know, and and I know you're in Philly, Dex. Like here in Philly, and I'm not. I'm more northwest in the city, so I don't, you know, hear it as much as South Philly and North Philly and Center City. But Monday and Tuesday in particular, Tuesday, I just had to close my window. Again, I like the little air to come in because I could not sleep because of the constant booms. Like, it's, yeah. again, like we in Baghdad somewhere, like all night, it's like, boom, 
couple minutes, boom, boom, boom. And then when I realized that that's what they were doing, but when they actually show the videos of how they do it, and I don't want to laugh, but it is like, I can't even believe y'all are risking that for $2,000. Like when you, see, when you see the, the way that they have to, because it is literally a stick of dynamite, like the cartoon dynamite. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, you just did you just stuck it in there. Yo. Yo, if you watch my video, there's actually one on the floor. Oh, so, wow. I didn't what, even notice that in your video. Yeah, and the cop, like, picked it up or something. I don't know what he did with it, but... In, like, where did you get this from? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> there's one, there's a video, and then he picked it up and then just let it go immediately. But, um... Yeah, I mean, it. I don't know where uh, there. There's somebody making ghetto fucking dynamite. Like they're literally googling how to make dynamite and making it and selling it. No, they. You see that that one man? They're like bringing him in on charges. He's been selling it to a ton, ton of people in Philly, and I guess everybody talk in today's social media where you get that dynamite from. Right. Such, but because that's what I'm like. These are like not what I. Even in my mind, when they when I heard the blowing up. I don't think it was what I thought it really was until I, I saw hammers. it on the news. I thought hammers. Yesterday, there was one that's like walking distance from my apartment that they blew up. And I heard it. Like, I felt it. Like, I knew something was happening, but I had no idea what it was. The Drexel Hill one. And then I saw the video, and I'm like, damn, he really used this stick of dynamite to stick <laughs> in that thing and get $20 out of it. This is crazy. I wonder how many people attempted that and got empty. ATM. They said there were some. They said there were quite a few that they didn't get anything or the money blew up as they were blowing it up. I, I ended up going to, uh, I went to Royal Farms the other day and they had nothing in their ATM machine. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, after the first couple, I would have like cleared it. That's what I don't understand. Like, I think that like, hello. some of those private ones, like, and, which is a lot of the ones they're going after, like after they got that fourth lift and took the most Fargo one, again, not funny, but I just can't believe it happened. A lot of the bigger banks and like you said, the Royal Farms, like those Wawa's, they did have them come in and take their money out. But the ones that they're hitting up now, and they were like showing on the news are a lot like outside chubby steaks. And in the Chinese store. So a lot of those small businesses, I got, you know, it's just different when they have those private ATM kind of services. And now I'm just trying to get those people out to service all these ATMs and get the money out. And this one like, guy blew, even got more left to blow up at this point. This one guy blew himself up. Like he died. That's what I'm saying. Cause it's so dangerous. Like it's what? super dangerous. I don't know y'all. They showed the one yesterday. They came in, told the lady like, yo, 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 come out. Like, and she just walks out. And then he comes back in, sticks it in, it's blowing up, he ran out. I'm like, what in the world? Let me ask y'all. So yeah, if y'all see somebody doing that, are you gonna step in? And do what? Stop? <laughs> and be like, no, don't do that. What a stick of dynamite. I'm Dexter! If a person has a stick of dynamite in their hand and they're willing sure to, you're packing too with that stick of dynamite. You're not gonna be like, yo, don't do that. That's wrong. You I'm are, running. I'll, I'll be like, don't do that. That's wrong. <laughs> I guess I'm running away. Like, I you're watching the commission of a crime, Dexter. I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they one up the people from the movie Barbershop. They just stole it and tried to crowbar it. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. You're right. <laughs> but I've seen people doing that too. I've seen people physically on videos and stuff carrying ATM machines back to their homes to try to open them up. Like, it's That's just, terrible. 
I saw one guy try to get on the bus with an ATM. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, right Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you never seen that video. It was in Jersey too, I think. Because it was like a New Jersey transit bus he tried to get on. And the worst part about that video is the bus driver actually held the door open, waited for him to push that ATM over, and then closed it. <laughs> Because the bus driver was like, I just, I need to see this. I need to see this. Is, <laughs> this is what we're doing right now. With an ATM machine. <laughs> I missed that. I did I, see somebody pushing the washer and dryer down the street, too. I don't even know how he had the strength to push both of them down the street. Because we all know washer and dryers are heavy. heavy. Mm-hmm. It'll burn too. You know, when that stuff was happening, that's when I started to get sad. Because I'm like, okay, these protests are going left. And I was like, yeah, I just kind of shut off, yeah. you know? Like, I just didn't, I didn't want to deal because, you know, some of it is funny. Like, you watching people literally, like, stealing stuff. But a lot, I just, I felt sad sometimes. Yeah. Like I saw the kids. The kids, I saw a kid running out of the liquor store down the street from me. And that situation to me, it just reaffirmed what I said. Like, these people are taking advantage of an opportunity. They don't right. have anything. They've probably been displaced or struggling because of the coronavirus or maybe even before that. So, like, there's a news camera and, and a reporter standing there with a camera facing the store that you're running into. But these people don't care because, like, what do they have to lose? They probably have no job, probably didn't have a job before that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's difficult to look at, but it's also difficult to think about the reality of that, too. Yeah. And then when I saw kids running out with bottles, it's just like... Yeah, if anything, just, the 52nd Street part for Philly... Is what, like, you know, like Garnett was saying, what really got me because, again, it's so many small businesses. Like, I know Foot Locker is a big business, but there's so many, like, the balloon guy who I'm sure probably lets your mom go. Like, some of those businesses, again, unfortunately, they have very minimal insurance and they they just might not be able to rebuild. And, And again, you have age and all these other things go. They already been hurting because they haven't been open because of the coronavirus. So that was what made me more sad just about 52nd Street in particular. It was like, you know, there was some, I, you go to Rite Aid, but don't go to, you know, the Jamaican spot where you know these are immigrants that have built this business up that right. give back to y'all, you know, when you don't have it. That, that was the part that really made me sad out mm-hmm. of all of it. Yeah, but you know what makes me angry about that? People take these and they start shifting the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of saying well, there's a man that lost his life and should have not lost his life, yep. they take, well, look, they looting, they yeah. stealing. Yeah, they sure, so sure. it's like, that's what makes me sad in that I know people are going to change the narrative and, and try to diminish what's happening here. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's sad. Like you worried about this, but this man lost his life. I think yeah. that happened this time around, though. I feel like that people did definitely tried to shift the narrative, but I think we didn't allow it. Like we didn't let mm-hmm. up off of it. I think the protest, the regular protest, did not stop, and mm-hmm. then people st- really start saying, "What's more important, this man's this life or this, right. or this?" Then we start to say, "Like, well, let's go back to the root of the problem." There's four officers who, who killed a man, and only one of them was arrested. If you would, honestly, even right now, we have the National Guard outside. They right. wouldn't have to be here if yeah. four officers were arrested after they killed the man. It, yeah. You go right back to that, it kind of wipes away any other narrative you want to put out there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And one thing I wanted to touch on what you said, Garnett, was, you know, meeting the police with force and the frustration. And I'll say this again as a woman, as a Black woman, the one thing that I kept having conversations with a lot of Black men is we don't know what it feels like to be y'all. Because when I get stopped, and there are definitely times I've been racial profiled, but for mm-hmm. you guys, 
there is a different level that a your own personal anxiety and it just that some of these police are meeting you with so I, I do feel like you know again with that anger and frustration to your point it's coming out in that i'll never forget and me and mina were talking about it on memorial day when i'm sitting there coming from a rehearsal with two black men and yeah. i knew i was stopped for no reason i knew i wasn't seeing i wasn't doing anything so when we got stopped i'm Shana, like, I right. tell me why I got, and the dudes are like, yo, you got chill. They already yeah. like this. I'm yeah. like, what you got your hands up for it? Because I don't understand that because that's not my, even as a black woman, it's not my reality. That doesn't happen to me every single time I get stopped. Yeah. I don't have to face that fear. So I'm more like, what, why? And they're like, Shana, you got, you got to chill. You going to get us? I'm like, I'm not going to get us nothing. But it's, it's a different it's a different reality for a lot yeah. of men. A lot of men. Yeah, yeah, a lot. You know, and that really makes me scared because I, I had a, a difficult conversation with someone that I really care about. And sometimes he's very, like, um, like forceful with his opinions and, and uh, he's very strong, you know? And um, he doesn't care who he pisses off or what he says, you know, cause he's, he, he, he believes in his heart that he is saying the right thing, which he is. But I had a conversation with him and that, you know, this is me being honest. Like I'm worried about you, you know, I'm worried about you being like, so like blunt about this stuff. And I'm worried about it coming to hurt you later on, you know, um, because people have their, their, things on social media, right? And they say and, and, and express themselves in certain ways. Some people are expressing themselves one way and other people are expressing themselves other ways. But it's like, you have to think, we're saying all these things on social media. We have to go to work, you know? And you have your coworkers that you have to work with every day and they might not all be of color. So it's like, you know, not that you have to silence yourself for anybody, but like, I just, with him, I was like, don't say something that's going to be so divisive. You know what I'm saying? Where you got to go and now work with these people. This might come and negatively impact you. I don't want you. I'm scared for you, you know? So it's like, Shayna, to your point, it's like, you know, you you're saying that you could never understand and I couldn't, I could never understand what he goes through, but I'm scared for him. I worry about him and he doesn't care. He's like, you don't need to be worried about me. I'm good. I'm going to do whatever I feel is right. But I am scared. I'm scared and I'm worried. How is this going to affect you? Are people going to treat you differently? Are they going to be mean to you? Are they going to like, I, I worry about that. I'm, I do understand where you're coming from as far as that worry goes, but it's it's odd because I'm not like that. I don't do those things. I'm very quiet. I don't really say too much. I really don't put my opinion out about much at all. Like I'll have conversations like this with friends and, and stuff. But then I still get the same treatment that he's going to get at work. Like it, so it it doesn't honestly. I don't really know if it matters that much. Like he can say whatever he wants to say. And he's still going to get treated some type of way. I don't say anything, and I'm yeah. we're probably going to get the exact same treatment. Him and I. I mm -hmm. know. I get what you're saying. Like. Like you got, maybe we should calm down a little bit just because you don't know how people are going to react to right. it. Right. But then I've, I've always been like that. I've always lived my life like that, where it's just like, you don't know how people are going to react to certain things. And I still get treated the same way I see 
people who are more radical get treated. So mm. and, and, I get it, but it's just, it's difficult to defend sometimes. And those situations, man, it's really, <clears throat> it's not a thing of if you're doing the right thing or not, because I've seen situations where just like Dex said, person did everything by the book, didn't say anything, but yet we still have that anxiety. We still have that fear. We still have that, like, it, it, somebody get pulled over and they know they didn't do nothing wrong. Their driver license is straight. Everything is all good. And it's still some fear and some doubt where, you know, they have a strong, beautiful black woman protecting them, so to speak, because they can't get away with that. <laughs> do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, even, you know, having someone speak up for them, they also realize that can get them in trouble too because they know yeah. they, they not going to ask you to get out the car. They're going to ask them to get out the car. Mm-hmm. And now the more that, you know, you talk, not saying you per se, but now that the, the more the person talks, the more harm that they're going to do. They're going to try to look up warrants now and they're going to try to catch them in a lie. Some even, you know, plant drugs in, in some cases, but. All right. Moments, right. Like, I don't want you to be a target. Right. Yep. Right. And, 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 and all of those moments are intense. So even, you know, Mina, your friend, I think he took uh, kind of a fearless approach to it, even though it doesn't seem like it's going to, you know, work out well just because you, you, you know him and his personality. He could be a hothead or this, this, and that. But sometimes even the cops just need to know I, I have a voice, too. I have a voice, too. I can speak up. I can defend myself. But that is the risk that we take getting in the car or we take when we even have those high-pressure situations with cops. It don't matter which way it's going to go. It matters if he wants to really do that or not or if she wants to really do it or not. Like, that's just, that's just what it is, man. Yeah, and I was just going to say that the other thing is, you know, we talk about the the anger and the fear and anxiety of the black man, it does happen for us women too. You yep. know, again, I've been in situations and I think I posted about it where my, my friend was in a situation and he got stopped and the phone just dropped, but I don't know that the phone just dropped. I just know what I hear and it just sounds like chaos. So immediately because of what we, the, the world that we live in, I'm thinking he's dead. They killed him because that's all I hear is the shuffling and, and I am like screaming, crying, because that's where we are as a society that mm-hmm. I can't think, oh, the phone just dropped. I can't think it's, it's something as simple as that. I literally was on edge for hours until he called me and he said, he told the cops, like, I have to call her because mm-hmm. I know what she thinks. He was like, I already knew, like, I know mm-hmm. what she thinks happened. And when he called me, I was just crying. And that's like, that again, to your point of the anxiety of not wanting this man to go to work and right. job or whatever, like we are living, which yeah, is why yeah. we are here with this large amount of anxiety and anger and fear. And it is now at a point where the lid is off. The yeah. lid is off and we yeah. everybody's tired, can't take it no more. I know, I just I be you know, I'd be worried. And he's like, I'm with God, you don't gotta be worried about me. I am worried. You know, I, I, I get worried, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody and, um, so I'm not going to put the person's business out there, but he had welcomed people that were in the protest to his, um, his place of business. So I went and I was like, I, I think it's super commendable that you're helping people who were in the protest, whatever, whatever. He told me that other people in his you know, in his realm, like what he does for his profession, they mm-hmm. saw his post 
that went up to support people in the protest. And they're now they're trying to make trouble for him. You know? Shana mm-hmm. disappeared. Yeah, Shana. Damn, girl, what kind of service you got? She should be back. My, mine's yeah. acting up a little bit, too. But... <laughs> <laughs> you ain't disappear all the way, though. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> so it's like, he told me that he's getting flack, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes people speak out. And, you know, I, I, my job is to speak out. So I think when I speak out, people are like, what, you know, that's what she does. Expect it, yeah. But there's some people that, you know, they might speak out all the time or not speak out all the time, but some people will get backlash. And it's not to say don't speak out. It's not to say don't protest or don't help protesters. But this is a harsh reality of now this man has issues with people that are in his profession because he offered some help to a protester. So they're, they're, they're you know, internalizing that and saying, oh, you support these businesses. You know, they're interpreting that as, oh, you support these businesses being looted, these businesses being torn down. How dare you su- support the protesters? Right. So, so it's like, it's a, it's a real thing that's happening, you know, and I'm never one to say silent, but some of these people that are a little bit more, you know, more, um, what's the word? You use a great word, Garnett. Fearless, you know, more like in your face. I do worry about those people. Yeah. Nah, as you should. It's 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 all it's man. To go off of what Shana was saying, welcome back, Shana, earlier. But it's like <laughs> we're 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 tech. We're all in this together. You know, just just as women, y'all y'all having to deal with it on your own account. But for us as well, like carrying that burden. You know, like almost like feeling like a mom when that person is away. Like you're just right. You 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 need to hear back from them so you can feel okay and get a you know nice rest. But um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a crazy time right now. I just want everybody to try to be as safe as possible, safe as they can, uh, and be who you are because I think that'll get you a long way and that'll get us and what we're trying to do a long way. You don't have to be frontline on everything if you can't plot provide frontline services mm. you know if you if, if, if that's not what you're there for then you know don't don't do it you know if you don't don't promise money that you can donate if you don't have it you right know? Yeah. that that no, i'm just saying that may not be your expertise right. leave that for the people that can do that do that and dish that out so it's just about knowing our roles stepping up and for everybody to hold each other account uh, accountable on the actions that we do so yeah and i like that because people different people have different roles you know um when i was out there i was trying to peacefully protest when people started rioting i wanted to subtract myself from that because i'm not built for that you know i'm not i I was scared you know i watched the police car burn next to me i'm not (laughs) built like that i'm out like no you're not hitting me with a bat Stay I, I think the funniest thing was you definitely say, uh-oh, one of your videos. Right. I had a move on Saturday, mind you. So I'm, I'm like trying to catch up to my girlfriend's videos of Mina's and I'm tapping and Mina's like, yeah, we peaceful. Yeah, we, then I hear go, uh-oh. uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every video after that just started going downhill. Out. I'm, not built, I'm not built for that. I'm not climbing on the police car and spray paint. Like, I'm not doing that. Nah, I'm out. I'm out. This is not why I came. 
And then I even did a post. Like, I'm not, I'm not a writer. If that's what you do, that's you. I'm not a writer, you know? Right. Listen, I, 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 I have a lot of responsibilities. I can't, I can't, I can't end up in jail, you know? So it's like, I, you know, some people will go out there and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing what they do and they don't mind going to jail. You know what I'm saying? It's well, like everybody is there, has their limit. You know, I was scared. So yeah. I, I wasn't going to be in there continuing and being locked up. I'm, I'm fucking scared. I'm leaving. <laughs> but the one thing to, to all your point about action and knowing where you are, I do love the fact though, that some people who are speaking out and are in certain positions that again, you do have to be careful what you say mm -hmm. because of everyone's action and doing what they can do. It is causing a reaction. Like I know, for example, it was Clementon, New Jersey. There's a kindergarten teacher that mm -hmm. posted several things on Facebook. And she said, I am a racist. And, they had, and somebody said, but this says in your profile, you're a kindergarten teacher. And she mm -hmm. said, that has nothing to do with my profession. So she's now fired and they yeah. had to release a statement. But, you know, I'm just happy that, you know, where people can come to action, they're not letting things just slide. Like, no, you're not going to be a kindergarten teacher and you're walking around saying you're a racist and it's okay and it don't affect your job. Like, no, that's not going to happen. And I know it happened in the um, Norristown School District, too, to speak teacher. So she didn't necessarily say I'm a racist, but her statements were divisive. And what it did was it took people to look kind of into her. And when they went to her boyfriend's page, he's a white supremacist. Yeah. So, you know, now I just, I, I appreciate people just like, you know, one that's like, no, this is not okay. This is not the day we're just, we're just going to keep letting things slide and keep letting them be. You know, there were some students, I think that were going into one, I think was Mizzou and another school and they were making jokes about George Floyd and his death and they put it on Snapchat, TikTok, one of those things, which I don't know why any of y'all do any of that if you want something in life later. But don't you know, stop, like, but don't stop doing it. <laughs> but, like, but don't stop if, if you are true racist. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and now her, her acceptance has been rescinded because I think she was on like a scholarship or something as well. Yeah. So it's just in the, in the token Bye, where girl. it's like, it's good to see that there are actions actually happening because of things that people are doing and they're not just being overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, my dog just came in here. How the hell? Yo, one day me and Shayna were in here and the dog busted in here and tried to be a part of the podcast. So Mina says, Oh, she's not even jumping on you. You want to see? You let's just let I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so my dog is a killer dog. She bites people, she bites other dogs. She just bit somebody. She's about, let's just see. I was like, no, let's not see. I couldn't even talk. I was like, mm -hmm. I should have had my dog out there at the protest with me. You would have protected me, right, Pumpkin? I don't know why not. People had their babies out there. <laughs> you know what? How do you feel about that? Should people have their kids out at the protest? Listen, um, this one, no, because you saw how it turned. You see what happened in Minnesota. Like, it wasn't going to be peaceful. Like, right. that was kind of the, you just knew that it wasn't going to be peaceful. And I do think kids should see you doing your civic duty. Just as important as kids should see you voting, I think they should see you out there protesting and stuff. But if you know that these protests is more than likely going to get a little dangerous, keep the kids at home. Yeah. What were you going to say, Garnett? I was going to say, kids and dogs are the only thing that can keep you safe out here. You better have a kid than <laughs> have a dog on you. That's it. <laughs> Listen, I needed it. So what do you want? Well, also funny is, you know, just having a conversation with kids. Like, you know, 
talking to my niece and just trying to explain it to her, you know, what's happening. Because again, they are going to, as you said, you know, people look back, they're revolutionaries. They are going to live this in their life. And I think for kids of a certain age, it's just about having the conversation in a way that they understand and they, you know, it's clear, you know, it's clear even because obviously we can't help it. We're all in the house. If I turn on CNN, even if she's playing with her Barbies or something, there's something that she's seeing, you know, which I did realize the other day when the president was talking her responses, you know, she's feeding off of, again, going back to how things have learned, me and my sister. So just making sure that you have conversations with them. Um, that they that they're aware of what's going on because you don't want to hide it from them. It's, it's what she said? Oh, when he was on, she was like, when he said, first she said something like, "I like to thank God." She was like, "Oh, now he want to talk about God." <laughs> she was like, "What are you trying to talk nice? I don't know what he's talking." And she was just making these little comments that made me realize, like, "Oh God, we're not even gonna talk about that." Was, That's what it was. <laughs> hey. Oh, okay, okay. But like today, she saw, you know, the protests going on after the memorial. And she was like, oh, those people are downtown. And, you know, so we had to have a conversation about it. And I do think it's important for people with children to just explain what's going on because they're living through it, whether they're actually there or not, whether you let them see, you know, CNN or social media or not, they are living through it and they do need to know. I agree. Yeah. And these are teachable moments. You know, this is how you teach your children, you know, what they're going to see when they go out into the world. You know, this is not just, this is not just an adult thing. The kids Mm -hmm. see it in the classroom. They see the, the inequalities. I saw it. All our teachers were white. They treated us differently. We knew that. That's our, that, that was our very first bout with racism right there. Why are all our teachers white? And they teach, they treat us a certain way. My teacher telling me that I, I'm going to go to college and get pregnant and drop out. That's some racist ass, oh, wow. stereotypical <laughs> ass things. Like, uh, right, right. Composure? I was in high school. What did I do? I don't I'm know. That's, that's like at least, at least she gave you college. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but I think it's good, though, to teach these kids because a lot of you guys have become teachers because of the coronavirus, so now you're able to put yeah, those exactly. skills to use. Yes, this is part of our class. Last day of school is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Any, like, last thoughts or words? Um, I had one question. Uh, I know we spoke on about it earlier. Just uh, for a little bit, I know you guys are uh, talking about the uh, cops being arrested um, for the uh, George Floyd. Um, I did some, like, just like a little research, man. I'm a little scared about them upgrading charges, man. I'm yeah. scared about that. Yeah, it might not stick. Well, I was, you know, a lot of people were calling for first degree, and I didn't realize this, but I put out a tweet, and it, like, blew up. I got, you know, it's hard to get likes on Twitter. It got, like, 2,000 <laughs> likes on Twitter. Oh, I was like, what? It's a struggle. It's a struggle to get likes on Twitter. People don't care. Like That mean they always there before. <laughs> yo, I was like, damn, where all of y'all came from? So... What I said, what is that? That's a me. Oh, I thought that was something else. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? what's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> 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 so, so, 
it's like I I explain like no you don't want first degree murder they're never going to convict him on first degree murder because you have to show premeditation and planning. Yeah. That man did not get up in the morning and said, I want to kill George Floyd. Right. That's premeditation and planning. That man going out to buy a gun and then showing up at George, George Floyd's house and then shooting his head off, that's premeditation and planning. This, yeah. is, this was an arbitrary situation where this clerk called the cops. He just happened to be on duty. He just happened to be the responding officer. These are chances and happenstats. Like, yeah. th this yeah. is not a planned event. Now, did he make the choice while he was there for nine minutes? I'm going to kill this man? Absolutely. You had people telling him he can't breathe. He's not, you, you killing him. You had one officer saying he doesn't have a pulse. You had people yelling he's not moving. You had all these different outside factors telling you that you are killing this man you did not care now you've made a choice i'm gonna take his life so i understand why they upgraded to second degree because yeah, he first. did but he did because he did make that choice at that point when he was committing this felony which he was assaulting george floyd yeah. while he was assaulting george floyd he made the choice i'm going to now kill him the thing is with the second degree is that even though I could agree with you, there are people that can argue that and that will argue that in court. And all you need is somebody, just one person to say, ah, you make a good point. And murder two still does that. Right, exactly. And that's the, that I'm, I'm with you, like, you know, just looking at the law and the years and everything that it carries and knowing the burden of proof, having, unfortunately, having had to sit through murder trials of a loved one and understanding the burden of proof that has to be met for right. first degree. I already knew just actually having, having that experience, like, yeah, this doesn't meet that criteria. So let's get him where we can get him. You know, but you I, don't want to do that and go to court. And now, you know, this man is walking free because you went for an unattainable charge that Again, when they go down and they give this jury the letter of the law, they have yeah. to go by the letter of the law and that burden of proof that was proven for that charge. And and I do think it's obtainable. It's just, man, it's we already behind the eight ball. And these are going to be the finest of the finest lawyers. It's going to be their judges. It's going to be you know what I'm saying. We're, we're, mm -hmm. We are playing away in it, like this game. So it's like. We need to, you know, dot our I's and cross our T's when we can. And like I said, that's that's just my little worry on it. I hope it goes, you know, the best. I hope I'm completely wrong. I hope we, you know, nail this because his family does need justice. We as people need justice and people yep. need to be responsible for what they actually do to people. But, man, it's, it's a, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I think, to be honest, I think third degree manslaughter was a slap in the face to his family. Like third degree yeah, manslaughter yeah. is, oh, I yeah. hit you by a car and you right. died. I, I was driving drunk. Right. Like you didn't mean to hit that person. Right. I mean, you didn't mean to kill that person. It was a, it was a mistake. This was not a mistake. He made a, a, a mm -hmm. choice at a certain point. Yeah. In those You're nine trained. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you made a choice, especially when one person said that, per that he don't got a pulse. You don't got a pulse. Let me get off this man. Nothing. Uh, but when that's why I think the other officers tried. should be charged too. Boy, that's my bad. That's, but that's why I feel like, because people were like, well, the other officers, they weren't physically on him. But like, if there are people on the street saying, get off of him, he can't breathe, so on and so on, and there are other officers who are trained 
and they're not telling you the same thing, that they're just as guilty as you are. Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Yep, that's how I feel. But I do agree with been like, yo, like, and it was video. One officer could have done that and none of them did it. Yeah. yeah. I think the video does show second degree murder, in my opinion. I'm not an attorney. You know, yeah. I don't know what no, the counter, uh, what, what the counter is going to be, but I, I, I don't think that they should have went first degree. I think you would have lost the case. Yeah. And um, at this point, we just need a conviction. If one police officer can get convicted, that will send the signal of this is not something you can do anymore. You can go to jail, even if you're a police officer. I mean, they're not even police officers no more. I so, hope so. I hope so. But let me I say, I just want to say, yeah, I think it's deeper, and I do think it starts a lot with the training, and that's why I said that. And again, knowing police officers, they're you not don't trained. think this will change anything? No, I, no, because we've been here before. Yeah. Like it's not like the first time yeah. we've been here. When has a police officer gone to jail for killing a black man? There's, there's been situations. I, have to, I would have to look it up. I don't know right off him, but there's been situations where they've gone to jail, but not like. But they, even with this situation, they weren't arrested right away. We had mm-hmm. to, we had to bust the windows out of the poppy store for them to go back and revisit this to pull them in. So yeah. I, I just, I know it won't change. But what scares me though is that if either one of them are not convicted, what we saw this past weekend that was so upsetting. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I agree. And to your point, I think with when you say in police officers will know. Okay. Well, again, we go to the situation, and I understand there was rioting and looting going on, but you see what happened in Atlanta with the CNN cameras taping and those two young people being pulled out that car and tased. So when we say they should know, I, I don't think that the awareness is there. And the difference is those two officers were charged pretty much right away, you know, with whatever it is, and it's not as serious as the murder of a human being, but we had to, again, this, we're just getting these other three officers so, charged. So just a I, quick update, Amber Geiger was the one, remember when she went into the man's house, she thought it was she thought it was her apartment. She went yeah, into his apartment. Yeah. Shot him. She yeah, was. She convicted. did. She was convicted. You're right. She definitely mm-hmm. was. I remember that. And just as an update, we do know that for Ahmad Aubrey, his preliminary hearing, which I did watch a lot of it, was today. And the prosecutors in that case definitely said, or the judge said, there's enough um, evidence evidence for the to charge right to keep going. So here's I I had the same sentiments, but then I heard Eric Gardner's daughter speak on CNN. And she kind of brought up something. Um, She said that when her father was murdered, those police officers weren't even fired right away. You know, and none of them got, they're they're all fine now. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it took them, I think she said it took them five years. It did. to, To, for something to happen. So she sees a change in that, boom, these officers were fired right away. Okay. You know, there's not going to be any change. It, again, there, there's awareness, but for, for particularly, especially racist police officers that are still on the force that we don't know. Again, there's a lot of things that go off camera. There's a lot of times when you're right. told, oh, the body cameras just weren't working. working. All the time. And that happened this past weekend in a case where they're saying all 13 police officers' bodies' cameras weren't working. So I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think it's going to not happen. I do think there are changes, but I don't yeah. just think it's the last it's, time that it's going to happen. It's slow, but it's like, I think, did you guys watch Barack's town hall meeting? Yeah, I watched some of it. 
I mean, I mean, nobody wants to hear slow because you should never hear slow in justice, right? Like nobody, but there, there are small changes happening. I mean, even in the Ahmaud Arbery case, you know, I mean, all the protesting, all the things that people are doing are, you know, bringing justice somehow it's slow and it's, you have to fight for it which it should never happen, but something is happening. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not negating that at all yeah. that something isn't happening, but I do feel like primarily for police, and again, people have been saying this for years, the training, and I'm not ever saying that you're going to completely be able to weed out who's a racist and who's not, right. but the training is not enough for you to hold a position where you really do have people, again, Garnett said they're going to war, life and death is in your hands every day. And, and as it comes to us as people and citizens, I have to go to school longer to become a hairdresser. Like, yeah. I gotta go to school longer to become everything else, but I'm given this job and given this power and authority, it, it's not enough. So I hope that's one of the first things, which you hear little buds and you know different, and I heard something, going on in Philadelphia today, but I hope that's one of the first things that changed. Yeah. And this is the thing too about the police training is that, you know, you know, like the, their, the way that they handle people out on the streets, that's not a part of that situation. You, you, you can't simulate that. Yeah, that's true. You can't simulate what's really going on in these inner cities and simulate a drug set and simulate you know, somebody who just has a bad attitude and warrants, you know, like you, you, you can't simulate that. Mm-hmm. So sure. everything that they do simulate, it's procedure. It is like, like we said earlier, it's more of the warfare thing. And it comes out as that. And, you know, we, we, we just got to do better, man. And, you know, the, the, the cops that aren't doing these things have to speak out and hold these people accountable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Any last? <laughs> I think that's word? it. That's it. Well, I love you guys. Dex is up now, man. Too. Look at him. Look, look at Dex. <laughs> Dex is ready to go. He's tweeting. No, this is fun. This is fun. Like I really don't get to have these conversations that often. Like I'm telling you, like I'm really. This is great. Right. Whatever, Dexter. This is great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening and watching now uh, the 132nd episode of the Mina's House podcast. I'm Mina, say what? I'm Shayna B. Arnett Briscoe, a.k.a. Sherlock Homeboy. Dexter Stucky. We'll be back hopefully next week, yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if another thing doesn't happen and I have to mentally shut down. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye, y'all.